What up, fight fans? Welcome back to the pound for pound king of boxing podcasts, the tale of the tape. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined, as always, by Vince Cummings. What up, brother? I'm uh, I'm a little upset. Uh, my my real life Rocky Four was ruined <laughs> by another damn Russian pumping himself full of roids. Oh man, it never <laughs> fails, does it? Hey, it played out in real life, but he got caught. <laughs> Yes, he did. Drago didn't get caught in the movie. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. There was no Rocky Four ending uh, with the news that came out this week. Vince and I are joined on episode 116 of the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast by none other than recurring guests from the Boxing Rant Live, Slippin' Jimmy, Mike Simons. What up, Mike? What up, boys? What's going on? He's creeping into the big time here. Yes, he is. (laughs) First live guest in studio. We've had guests calling in from around the country, but... uh, Slippin' Jimmy joins us for episode 116. We have a lot to get to. Obviously, the uh, fight that's not going to happen that we thought we were going to preview, that we thought that we were going to be able to do the next edition of the Boxing Rant Live. Honestly, man, I I was looking forward to that fight more than any fight this year, Ken. I I, I got to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, man. But you knew it was sketchy the entire time. When this fight got announced, you're like, man... uh, Until the bell rings, I I don't believe this fight's going to happen. Dude, how perfect was it? That Wilder, when the fight was getting talked about, when he was taking those soft defenses, was saying, oh, there better be some good drug testing over there in Russia. Remember, he kept saying it over and over again. Well, hey, they did that. There's that. And they, <laughs> we saw the, the human shield was, was offered up before this fight even came off. So, obviously, Wilder didn't want it to begin with. No. But it, but it finally it comes off. It gets announced. And Wilder dodges the bullet. He does. He does. And we'll get to more on Wilder, Povetkin. Um, we have previews. Joseph Parker takes a big step up against former title challenger Carlos Takam. Scary fight. Scary fight for Mr. From Parker. From New Zealand. We also have a preview of Showtime Championship Boxing. Uh, some gratuitous 154-pound action <laughs> on slate as we get a rematch of Erislandi <laughs> Lara versus Vanis Martirosian yes, part yes. two. Yes, we've all been waiting for a long nap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Thanksgiving turkey dinner came early this year. <laughs> Jamal- Trip, tryptophan, too, is what we're calling it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And some young lions in the co feature the Charlo brothers, the twins, one taking on Austin Trout, the other taking on. John Jackson, not sure how John Jackson maneuvered his way into another mandatory challenge for a vacant belt, one that was held by Floyd Mayweather. Uh, and and J-Rock misses that opportunity, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Hey. How's that work? Justice for all in the PBC, buddy. <laughs> Ramundo Beltran coming back off of a positive test for steroids. Uh, I guess part of the main theme for episode Man. 116. 
squared off against Ivan Nahara, David Hay, and Shannon Briggs. Nope, not facing each other, because if that was happening, that would be the first fight we talk about. That would be unbelievable. What a circus surrounding that fight, man. Give me a break. But instead, David Hay takes on Arnold. Yeah, great. And Shannon Briggs takes on old TBAs, making another appearance. Tom Bob Anderson <laughs> makes an appearance on the show. Once again, post fights of Dusty Hernandez Harrison versus Mike Dallas Jr. Saul Rodriguez against Dallas Perez. We're going to talk news and notes. Canelo versus Khan. Pay-per-view numbers have become an obsession for this Floyd-conditioned uh, mentality where these fight fans think that uh, they actually get a cut. That's so ridiculous, man. Some of the conversations surrounding this is like, is it, uh, this is a waste of your life. Stop talking about it. Who <laughs> fucking cares, man? Oh, and Did you like the fight? Okay, you worried about how many other people watch? Yeah, did you pay your money because they already got it? Yeah. Did you get your money's worth? Then don't worry about the people that didn't watch it, all right? <laughs> yeah. Trust me, they took your pay-per-view money and they paid the fighters. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you don't have to question that. Kel Brook versus Jesse Vargas and IBF and WBA welterweight unification seems to be drawing closer. Uh, Brook sure as hell needs it. Uh, we'll see if Eddie, Eddie Hearn can't, uh, can't find a way out of that one for his boy. Oh, I hope no more excuses, man. Now is the time. But we appreciate all of you tuning in to episode 116 of the Pound for Pound King of Boxing podcast, the tale of the tape. I'm Kenny Keith. Follow me on Twitter at Kenny Keith Jr. My co-host, Vince Cummings. Follow him at Vince Cummings 81. And Slippin' Jimmy, what's the old uh, Twitter handle, bud? At Slippin' Jimmy TBR. There you have it. <laughs> Get Slippin on it. Jimmy TBR. Subscribe to the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast on iTunes today. Subscribe on Google Play, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. And, of course, subscribe to the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Drop us a line, podcast at theboxingrant.com. We'll answer any questions that you may have for us. But today should be an action-packed, entertaining version of episode 116 of the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast. Vince, the premise of today's show, last week, the week before that, probably the last two or three months, we have been hyping up how this first half of 2016 is delivering, making up for, just with the number of quality fights, championship fights, basically re, uh, gaining back some equity from the fans that became frustrated from, let's say, 2013, but m mostly 2014 and 2015's boxing politics that took a big dump on the paying fan. We thought that we are on the right track, and then right as we approach the fight that, of course, you have mentioned, you are most looking forward to, Wild Wilder Povetkin, old Alexander Povetkin <clears throat> in the wake of this gigantic doping breaking bad reality show that's going on in Russia <laughs> where they're hiring chemists from all over the world. Unbelievable. To come up with potions that defeat the best that Vada has to offer. Alexander Povetkin tests positive. What are they running Chinese sweatshops over there? Uh, cooking up steroids. I mean, it's ridiculous. And the two guys that didn't make it out of the country are not with us anymore. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But what happened to the days of, Winstraw and like the uh, all the all <laughs> nah. steroid names. Remember from back in the eighties and nineties. Well, for one, I think people figured out that those those they, destroy your liver. Uh, what is it, Narandroth? Na uh, Nandrothal, Nandrol, or yeah, so Anadrol. Oh, ben, who, ben uh, who was the track star from Canada? Ben, ben Johnson. Ben Johnson. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, taking straight horse. Oh yeah, steroids to the butt cheek. Yeah. 
Alexander Povetkin tests positive for meldonium. Now, this is new to me. Sounds like a sleeping drug, doesn't it? (laughs) It sounds like a finishing move from a Marvel bad guy. (laughs) I don't know. Meldonium, apparently what it does is it it really helps older fighters. Um, It pumps, the steroid pumps oxygen into the muscles. It's like an EPO for cyclists. Yeah, it allows them to gain greater uh, stamina over over time. They can fight stronger, longer. How the hell does this happen? Because apparently he tested negative in his first three tests that he had in succession, basically over a month time frame. Then they take two weeks off and come back to him, and he tests positive. Well, you, you hear people talk about uh, micro-dosing, stuff like this, just enough to stay under the limit. But this this wasn't USADA tested. This was VADA tested which is way stricter. The, the, well, they adhere to the WADA code like pretty pretty stringently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, you're not going to be able to get away with it. And the fact that Pavekin, how can you and your team be that goddamn stupid? All that money on the line in a fight where, honestly, your fighter has a very good chance. It's a 50-50 fight. To pick up a belt and line himself up for a huge fight after that. I just don't get How can you be that stupid, man? I have no idea. Mike, how long has it been? It's been like the last 10 years of sports where guys are repeatedly either getting ousted or they're testing positive over and over and over again. You and I, huge baseball fans, it has impacted us as fans in the baseball community. Wouldn't you think these other sports would learn something? No, apparently they haven't. And even in baseball, they still haven't learned it. No. I mean, a couple weeks ago, three guys got busted. I mean, it's... uh, it's crazy that they're still trying it, and it's going on in everywhere. Tennis, Sharapova, same way. But why don't well, they she, care yeah, about she it? She tested for the same damn same, thing. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. But why don't we care in the NFL when somebody tests positive? They get a four-game suspension, and then we just move on. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Do we just expect them to be huge, hulking, and murderous? Yeah, I feel like at this point, <laughs> to stay healthy, they have to do it. And I have no problem with it either way at this if point. If they're using it to recover, I... I, I Look, if, if it can be healthy... And not detrimental to your health after you stop taking it, yeah. And it and it helps them heal and makes them play better, or or fight better, whatever it may be. Why wouldn't you let them? Well, do remember it? Yeah. Uh, the whole scandal behind Andy Pettit, right? Right. And Andy Pettit came out and said, "Okay, yeah, I use steroids, right. but I used them to recover from injury. It was the only yeah. way I was able to get back. I didn't use them while I was playing. Right. I used them during recovery." But it does not discriminate because they test regardless. Here's the thing. Regardless of all of these little caveats, people knowing, obviously Alexander Povetkin should know better. But this seems to be what they do in Russia. And as stereotypical as it is, aren't all stereotypes based in in fact anyways? The stereotype is based on... A 1985 movie produced by Sylvester Stallone. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, they can't. I mean, they can't hide from this. Their entire Olympic team has been exposed from last year. It's just a complete joke, man. I mean, come on. What's the insecurity, Russia? Why do you have to beat everybody? Give me a fucking break, man. Come on. Like me and you were talking about, he's worried about beating – the U.S. with medals, and it's like no one in this country even really I wouldn't cares even care. Yeah. yeah. No. Good job. Yeah, okay, fine. It yeah. Is, <laughs> it, look, it, it can catapult your reputation, and that's all fine and good. I mean, boxing has, in the United States, amateur boxing, especially Olympic boxing, hasn't been really relevant ever since Sugar Ray Leonard won his medal, what was it, 1976? Oh, yeah, the route in this country now is to completely just – surpass going to the Olympics because it does nothing for your career. You turn pro at 19, 20, 
and you go for it. We've, we're seeing that all the time in yeah. this country yeah. now. So for somebody like Pavekin, you would think it means something more because his career was built in that, you know, it, 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 again, it's stereotypical, but it is very typical of the Slavic nations of Ukraine, the old Soviet bloc yep. countries. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, these fighters, they are well-schooled, well-ready for the best in the in the business. The only thing that really separates them is whether or not they can take a punch when they get to the higher levels. They are conditioned for these kind of fights. I don't know. There's no steroid that Alexander Povetkin could have taken with whatever cool name you want to give it <laughs> that would have saved him from a right cross right. from Deontay Wilder. No, absolutely that was not. Because that's the only way Wilder could beat him. No, Wilder wasn't going to outbox him. I, I think Povekin's thinking was, at least in my eyes for taking that drug, was we're going to drag this kid into deep waters. Obviously, Povekin was going to try to get inside and muck this fight up. Sure. I mean, he was going to go to work on the inside. So, obviously, that drug's going to benefit whatever. He's going to be way more active than he normally would be in a normal heavyweight fight. So, yeah, it makes sense. And it's like, God, you know, why? <laughs> why, man? Well, now, you just ruined the best heavyweight fight of the year, minus Fur- Fury Klitschko, which, yeah, it's a big fight, but if it's as boring as the first one, yeah. I could really give a shit about it. Yeah. Well, the overall purse was 700000 I mean, I'm sorry, $7 million, right? right? $7 million was the overall purse. Deontay Wilder was guaranteed to make just under $5 million for the fight, right? Alexander Povetkin guaranteed to make just under $2 million for the fight, with the winner receiving a $715,000 portion of the purse. Mm-hmm. So, so three-quarters of a million dollars was up for grabs for right. the winner. Yeah. Right? So good paydays for both guys. This is by far Deontay Wilder's biggest payday, not even close to Alexander Povetkin's biggest payday. No, no, Because no, I believe no. when he fought Klitschko, he got paid $20 million as the as the, as the B-side. Oh, I don't, I don't doubt that. That was a huge fight at the time. Yeah. And he got destroyed. Well, when Russian billionaires win purse bids, things yeah. happen. Yeah, right. Um, but, uh, yeah, man. So, look, I think the fight happens. Here's what we do know. The WBC has postponed the fight pending investigation. Harsh words. Not, not canceled. Not canceled. But harsh words coming from both camps. The Russian side saying that they're going to get to the bottom of this. They want it rescheduled as soon as possible. And the Wilder side saying that they're going to sue because they want their purse. So I don't know if they're going to try to sue their way out of this. But it seems right now the WBC is not going to cancel this fight. That they're going to keep Alexander Povetkin, regardless of a positive test for Meldonium, as the number one contender. And that this fight will eventually happen. That's typical. WBC. Why not? Their slice of pie is huge. It's the biggest purse available right now in the heavyweight division so that yes like just like you said they're getting a huge slice of that seven million dollars yeah they're not going to get it anywhere else so obviously to me it's a complete fucking joke in any other sport in the world anybody that tests positive immediately suspended loses their place in line wherever they were absolutely ridiculed and boxing and eh, no big deal just wait till he tests positive what's he need two months <laughs> yeah put him in there yeah we're good every Everybody needs to get paid here. And, and look, this may be a stretch, but do you think for – would you put it past Ryabinski to say to the WBC president, hey, uh, I know you want to drop us from that number one uh, contender mandatory status, but here's 2 or $3 million to keep this thing uh, with a pulse. Yeah, I, I think that definitely ha- – not definitely happened, but I, I can see a The scenario. likelihood is yeah. very good. They, they do not want to lose their place right now where they are. No, yeah. this is a huge fight. Yeah. Everybody still wants to see this fight. But both sides are saying that it's not going to happen or it's going to happen. Are, are we 
left waiting patiently somewhere in the middle and just keep our fingers crossed that this thing stays alive? Or do you see, as a, as the president, Andrew V. Kennedy, uh, put that gif on Twitter today. Oh, yeah. it, it was 50 Cent sitting in his in his convertible and just basically going, I'm out, yeah. and just cruising off. Look, I, <laughs> Wilder after yes, he found out Pavekin's nice. positive test. To, to a certain extent, I mean, look, it, Wilder dodged a bullet, man. He really did. This was going to be the toughest fight of his career. I think everybody that's watched him fight for the last two years and seen his struggles knows that Pavekin might have been the end of him. And, and, and honestly, a loss to Pavekin does hurt him. You don't know where he can go from there because everybody immediately is going to jump on top and go, see, I knew it. He sucked. I told you he sucked. And quite frankly, I, I probably would have been a part of that pile on for a little bit because the kid is he's gotten away with murder to get to where he is right now. There has never been a fighter in boxing history that has gotten to where he's gotten without beating any. Well, that's why this fight has to happen, because I don't think Wilder can afford the boxing public basically saying, oh, well, he took the easy out. We always knew he wasn't going to take this fight. He, oh, look, something fell right into his lap. Now he can back yeah. out of it and fight a couple more stiffs. Because you perfect. know, yeah. man, there's going to be tons of people saying that. Well, yeah, but this is perfect for him because he's got to build an excuse. Exactly. There's, you can't question this So excuse. does he try the reverse psychology? Get, yeah, I'm not going to give him shit for not fighting a guy that may have been juiced. Whether that shit is bullshit, the levels were low as they're saying they are, who knows, man? In boxing, is there truth? Does truth exist in the sport of boxing? Absolutely not. Fuck no, man. Absolutely not. No. You get two sides of it and decipher it how how you want to. Yeah, and a little bit of (laughs) sci-fi. You know what I mean? Just a little bit of fake stuff mixed right in. Yeah, man, look, Wilder can do the opposite, okay? He can buck the trend. He can help his his status amongst the boxing public, right? And if I'm his advisor, I tell him to come out and hold a press conference and say whenever he is clean for one month, then we go into testing for another month and we fight. I want to do it. I've always wanted this fight. You guys don't think I can do this. I'm going to step up to the plate, and I'm going to take on the big bad Russian who everybody has ranked ahead of me in the top 10 of the heavyweight division, and I'm going to do it to imp- I think that helps his 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 image in the wake of this disaster that he obviously didn't cre- uh, create. No, no, not his but, fault. But but he but him and his team did create his sort of fragility. Oh, absolutely. That he has in his standing with boxing fans. You know, I look. I, I'd be surprised if I saw that. To be honest with you, because I just don't think to me they can walk away from this fight. The, the excuse is built in already. That there's no reason for them not to. They miss out on the payday. But I tell you this, and this is what I believe, and this is looking way down the line. We, and we've talked about it in this show before with Hearn and Heyman. There's a Joshua Wilder fight that would be bigger than any other fight in heavyweight boxing right now. Two undefeated knockout artists, UK versus America. Wilder can take three months off, four months off, wait, wait for Joshua to destroy Brazil which, which oh, he's going to do. Mer- two rounds, yeah, if, maybe. If it, if it goes three, I'd be surprised. He might have a little bit bigger chin than, than Martin, but it ain't going past three. That fight is huge. That fight is more money. Uh, to me, I feel like we, uh, we know those guys. They're, they're tickling. <laughs> they're tickling each other, and that's the biggest payday, man. Right in the chin. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. Yeah, dude, this just throws so many more things up in the air. Look, it keeps us talking about the heavyweight division. We were hoping to preview Wilder versus Povetkin. Yeah, man. And we were really hoping to do the live fight call on the Boxing Rant Live. Absolutely. I wanted to watch the damn fight. Oh, man. I guess we'll just have to go play golf and bet on ponies. Eh, well. What do you Sounds think, like a day to me, buddy. You know that's right <laughs> up my alley. Dude, speaking of uh, wagers, I'm just thankful that uh, that my uh, site that I partake in some extracurricular <laughs> uh, gambling activities returned my $100 bet. I put $100 on Alexander Povetkin plus, mm. plus $130, oh. $100 to win 130 and I was. Uh, it took about 24 hours, but they finally returned it, and I was like, whew, I thought they were going to hold that, it until they fought. That was the right bet. If it, if it did come off, that, that was the right bet for sure. Yeah. Well, that sounds like ammo for the ponies. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And this time I will make sure to click the trifecta yeah. button. <laughs> yeah, trifectas. <laughs> uh, no, man. Trifectas are overrated. Yeah, win, play, show, or get out of my house. Yeah, win, play, show is where it's at. Yeah. All right, so the undercard will continue as scheduled. And actually, the card that bumps up from the co-feature, the fight that bumps up from the co-feature to the main event, um, I, I doubt it'll be on TV here. You might be able to find a live stream online on YouTube somewhere. Dennis Lebedev takes on Victor Ramirez, the IBF and WBA cruiserweight unification fight. Two of the best cruiserweights in the world. And honestly, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I've seen Lebedev fight a few times. Know a little bit about him. I think he may be overall the most experienced slash well-rounded cruiserweight that is either a belt holder yeah. or has proven themselves. I would say that he's a tough SOB. Victor Ramirez, don't know much about him. This, to me, as a fan of the cruiserweight division, as a fan of Christoph Glavatsky and Steve Cunningham and Alexander Usyk and all the characters, uh, Alunga Makubu, all these guys, right? Love the cruiserweight division. This, to me, I'm going to be viewing this fight with an interest to really gauge how dominant Alexander Usyk will be in the cruiserweight division. Yeah, look, I was going to say you're you're talking about the cruiserweight division, and we love their fights, man. I mean, a, a Marco Hook, legendary fights. Their, their cruiserweight fights might lack skill, but they're just damn good fights, man. They're they're all always, bruisers. Yeah, they're they're bruisers. They're a little bit more athletic than the heavyweights. Land big shots. All of them punch big punchers. Lebedev, he's one of them guys that's getting a little long in the tooth oh, in that sure, division. Sure, I, sure, sure. There is a list of guys that I feel like Usyk can clean out, clean out. The, the division is set up for him with the, the, the level of older guys in the division right now. I don't know. I mean, I, we, we both see it. I know I see it. Uh, th- this fight to me is, is nothing more than one of those fights that's like, you know what? Yeah, you want to sit down and watch a, a watch a, watch two guys that want to fight? Yeah, you're going to be entertained by this fight. That that's the cruiserweight division in a nutshell. And, and it just doesn't get the respect that it should get, man. It really doesn't. No, it's just been dominated primarily by you know, European uh Well, yeah, in this country. Yeah. Of course, you had Steve Cunningham and that was it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's just been, you know, names that a lot of, you know, regular boxing fans that don't follow the international scene. I know the listenership to the tail of the tape is about 50% of our listenership comes internationally. About 40% comes from the United Kingdom. Yep. Um, and 10%, you know, spans anywhere from Australia to Hong Kong, um, you know, all over the place. So we, we can kind of gauge that this fight will definitely have the interest of the diehard fans that listen to the show. Don't you think? Oh, definitely. Definitely. It, that, that's the type of fight. Any cruiserweight fight is man. <laughs> Let's talk about an international fight. 
uh, as we move towards the previews here on episode 116 of the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast. A guy that you and I have been touting for about two years now has been fighting in his native New Zealand. Somehow, all of his fights are sponsored by Burger King. (laughs) So you know there's some cash coming into it. But Joseph Parker, um, a guy that we have touted as having possibly the fastest hands in the heavyweight division. Yes. A strong, rising knockout artist who... Anthony Joshua is powerful, and he's got some quickness to his power, but Joseph Parker's power comes from sheer hand speed. Oh, yeah. Hand speed, hand-eye coordination is where he excels, and he's in great shape. He's a pretty big heavyweight. He's not a super heavyweight. He's not in the classification of a Klitschko or a Fury. Yeah, these days he's kind of a small heavyweight, and that's he's 6'4". Six, 6'4", four. Yeah, six, four, 250. Um, taking on Carlos Tacom. Mm-hmm. This fight, tough one. Speaking along in the tooth, as you mentioned, yeah. for, for Lebedev, Takam might be right there. And if Joseph Parker is going to take, if he wins this fight, this is an IBF heavyweight eliminator. This will put him as the number one mandatory contender for Anthony Joshua. Yeah. And Simons, I don't know if you've been listening to the show or not, but we have been touting, oh, yeah. touting Joseph Parker two and years Anthony now. Joshua as the yeah. two young heavyweights. You've seen yeah, Joshua. Yeah, I've seen Joshua, I, and I, that's the one I want to see again. Dude, if Joseph Parker can get past the canvas, it's a great, great step-up fight for him. We are staring at a 2016. Nice. I mean, a 2017, probably early 2017, Joshua versus Parker. What does Parker face into Cam though? I mean, is is this going? Is the Cam gonna? Did, did the roided up Povetkin beat the life out of Cam a couple of years ago? <laughs> well, <he>? I guess. <laughs> Maybe. I mean that was that's that's a career changing fight. That was a was there such thing as Meldonium back then? <laughs> uh, there was something like they were they were cooking up something. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's always something uh, frying in the <laughs> in the pan in Russia. It yeah. ain't pierogies. No, it's not. <laughs> What's your prediction for this fight, Parker versus Takam? I think Parker an this important is, fight. Yes, this is a a huge fight for Parker. Uh, Takam, a fighter that you know you could question whether a guy like Wilder or Joshua had to fight a guy this tough. I mean, Takam is a man in the ring. He comes to fight. There's no getting away from it. This is going to be very tough, but I think Parker stretches him out, stops him seven, eight, somewhere in that territory. Yeah, so that, that'll be a good win if he can do that. Well, I think he's going to, dude, he's got the quicker hands like we've talked about. I think it'll be a, a sustained beating. He's not going to be dropping him with one punch, but he will put him down and it will get stopped. Do you think Takam is falling into the category of Derek Chisora? Oh, yeah, I think he was a uh, half step above him to begin with. Christian Hammer. Uh, he's well, Christian Hammer. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to put him in that category. <laughs> when Marius walk sw- clean sweeps you, you stink. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. Um, I, I don't really know what to predict here, man. I feel like Takam's going to take Parker into deep waters, and I think maybe Parker will be troubled at some point. But I think it's going to be towards the end. So, a ninth or tenth round TKO. Yeah, yeah, it'll be something on a flurry. I just think I don't know if Parker can chin him. Well, I, I think Takam's game plan is going to be to to take it late because Parker hasn't been in a tough tough fight past what maybe six rounds. Yeah, Mike, you have got to watch you some film on Joseph Parker. Oh, he's I'm going to check it out. And and how about the the best punch of the week so far was probably Odor knocking. Jose Batista in the gym last night. Old roughneck Odor. Oh, man. That was was a killer overhand right. Oh, man, right on the button. Batista's got a hell of a chin. Yeah, he does. The one gif I saw shows, like, the the 
the punch and the follow through and it's zoomed in on Batista's face. Yeah. And he looks like he's out. So I just assumed he got knocked out. Then I watched the whole clip. Yeah. Oh, dude, he was weeble wobbling like yeah, Zab Judah versus Costa Zoo. St- <laughs> he stayed dude, up, though. It was That was awesome. Baseball fans rejoice. I think everybody loves to see Batista get hit in the face. Well, oh, finally, a, finally, a baseball player landed a good punch. Normally, you're, it looks like a, a YouTube cat fight yeah. when the, when the well, bench is clear. Well, you can tell Oder's been in a fight before. Yeah, he that was a very natural punch. Yeah. Yes. Um yeah, yeah, but hold on. Mike, you have to admit, Joey Bats is probably the first celebrity that ever followed you on Twitter. <laughs> he, I mean, he follows everybody. <laughs> I don't even think he follows old slipping Jimmy. <laughs> well, it's a new account though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh dude, Joey Bats followed me like the first day I opened my Twitter account. Well, what? if he followed yeah. me, I would just throw shade at him daily. Oh dude, and who's oh, <laughs> I can't stand that dude. Oh, who's the other guy that used to pitch for the Braves? The uh, oh, he follows everybody. Oh too. yeah, he uh, Irvin Santana. Irvin Santana, yeah. he follows me too. Hashtag smell baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag five point zero ERAs for life. Oh my god. Oh, okay. Actually, I think he might have had a hashtag fifty game suspension recently. <laughs> <laughs> Little PEDs. Yeah. Oh man, training with Povetkin, yeah. sweeping the nation. <laughs> oh man, how it all ties together. All right, let's go ahead and move from New Zealand back to the States, Houston, Texas, in fact. Do we have to? Well, let's entertain the fans, <laughs> the paying public, right? Free podcast, you're going to get all your money's worth. Showtime Championship Boxing this Saturday. This fight was put in, like, the furthest corner of the back of my mind. The PBC makes an appearance. Oh, man, dude, I was so amped for Wilder Povetkin and the return of Joseph Parker that I didn't give a GD no. about Erzlandi Lara versus Vanis Martirosian 2. The snooze fest part 2, huh? <laughs> Who suggested this as a rematch? Get, get your pillow. Well, get your blankie. Vanis is like, "Well, I like I like to act like I want to fight somebody good." And Lara's like, "Well, I don't really want to fight anybody good at all. You want to do this again?" What a joke, man. Uno mas tiempo, por favor. <laughs> Nobody asked to see this again, honestly. Who, Uh-oh. who wanted this fight? Really? <laughs> who wanted it? I have no idea. Look, here comes the right cross from Odor. We're watching the highlights. <laughs> oh! oh, Batista just took it. Was, sorry, folks. We were sitting here watching some highlights of that punch. Hey, you missed your cue, Mike. It was supposed to be a minute later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, true. Oh, man. I I hate to say it. I do not venture to prognosticate that we will see a punch like Rugned Odor landed on Joey Bats. I doubt it. In Lara versus Martirosi. I doubt it. I doubt it. I mean, that fight, uh, that first fight was just so blonde. It's just kind of. It's two of the most boring boxers. In the world that just so happen to be in the same division. They're just irrelevant. I mean, they don't fight. What was the last time Laura fought? In, in, in the rain and outside Miami with like 13 people there? Oh, yeah. Like, it was like a four-round fight, and that was it, and all the other fights got canceled. Yeah. Give me a break, man. And that was, that was one of the ESPN fights. Which, where, where's ESPN fights right that now? That was the last PBC on ESPN. Yeah. Where's Took a big old dump. They promised one every month in 2016, and they're not even debuting till June. The, the PBC has done the perfect just slowly backpedal away. Like, hey, we never even happened. We didn't even exist. <laughs> These fighters should sue Al Heyman. They should join the class action lawsuit for the 
dump that their careers have taken. Oh, my God. I mean, they got mosquitoes, big-ass freaking beetles and flies swarming around those heaps. <laughs> you, you, you can't wash that off, son. You no, need more than Ajax. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> here's what happens. Look, if that shit fell on you personally, you could wash it off, take a shower, right, get right. But when it takes – when that kind of plop slops down on your reputation – uh, it does not come out. No. Does it? No, you need to fight some wars, and I, I don't think those guys have it in them. No. There's Londi Lara versus Vonis uh, Martirogian. Okay, look, Vonis is an amateur, well-trained, classic-style boxer. Yeah. Does not throw uh, nearly enough punches, always stays at a safe distance. For some reason, thinks he can take a guy out with one punch. I, I, I don't get that. No, he's just a good boxer, but his style's horrible for the pros. Yeah. There's Londi Lara is probably the biggest self-hype job next to Guillermo Rigondeaux. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think that their Cuban, their Cuban arrogance has... <laughs> and it's not, it's, it is a, it's, it's not a coincidence. It's because these guys think that they are more than what they are. Erzlandi Lara is... Dude, if this ain't the roadrunner and Coyote, I don't know what it is, brother. <laughs> dude, a week after Golovkin signed his fight, Mike, with Dominic Wade... Erislandi Lara, it was like a week later, Erislandi Lara posts this, this picture, this Photoshop picture of him in a cartoon, and it's like a, cat, like a cartoon cab pulling up to a New York City street, and it's his face like pasted as the, as the driver's head, and it says, well, hey, Golovkin, you only face Mexican cab drivers. How about a Cuban one? <laughs> it's like, dude. Come on, you man. You have no interest in any of that. If, no. He doesn't even have interest in the two brothers that are fighting on the undercard, the Charlos, the Young Lions. Yeah. He wants no part of them. He wants no part of Julian Williams. He has so much talent at 154. Well, one, let's say 154 has so much talent the that biggest, wants no part of any of each one another. That, that division is the most convoluted bullshit division in boxing and has been for two years. A, it, a bunch of big talkers, dude. It, why are you guys not fighting each other? There is four different belt holders that lie within the PBC, correct? There's like eight fights in the 154 that they could mix and match that would all be awesome. What, what, is, what is the problem? What is, what is wrong with well, these fucking guys, on, Vince, man? No, Vin, what is wrong with You're you? You're not protecting a superstar. <laughs> these <No>. guys... <laughs> Are they going to get fucking paid? <laughs> Vince, what is wrong with you? They're building up a Charlo v. Charlo showdown. <laughs> How dare you even insinuate that that Erislandi Lara and the Charlo brothers who trained at the same gym for a majority of their careers would ever dare. How could you even suggest that they would fight each other? They were that good of friends. Oh, come on, man. Give me a fucking break. So everybody, let's so get Ron- all the champions to train at one gym, and then we just, we'll all sit around and pat each other on the back. We're all Sword champions. Fight, we'll never fight, man. Look, look, I know one of the Charlos left, Ronnie Shields. I get it, right? It happened last year. But here's the thing, right? Are you trying to tell me that Ronnie Shields wasn't telling these guys over the last three years before that happened? Um, hey, guys, I'd like to make some money. Can you guys fight each other? Yeah. Can we have a big money fight? I'd like to make a little more than 250K <sighs> fighting on Tuesday night. Uh, what, was, what was it? Toe-to-toe Tuesdays? Toe-to-toe. Yeah. Turd-to-turd Tuesdays with the PBC. <laughs> Oh, toe-to-toe taint touches. <laughs> Lara versus Martirosian 2. Here's my prediction. Boring. Uh, yeah. I, I really don't. Can, you, you, tell, listen, look, can look, you tell me what happens? If you listen to this show <laughs> and you're a diehard Ayers Lonnie Lara fan and you're just really upset right now 
at this conversation, please. Not the sweet science, Ken. Please unsubscribe from our show. <laughs> Honestly. Please. This guy doesn't fight. He's irrelevant in the sport. Nobody, I don't care. Why? Hold on, let me ask you a question. Why is it, how is it, how is it that this guy gets paid a million and a half per fight? Right, got an opportunity to fight. Hold on, got an opportunity to fight Canelo Alvarez. Fought Paul Williams. Fought mm-hmm. Ma- Vanis Martirosian before. Right, fought uh, Alfredo Angulo. Ha- has had some big fights in his career. How does this guy make up one point five million dollars per fight? What pays that? It's not the gate, right? No, because I'll tell you right now. I know this for a fact. I-, I will send numbers to anybody that questions this. We have more viewers for one episode of the Tale of the Tape. <laughs> then go to Arislandi Laura fights live. We have more viewers in one episode. He fights twice a year. Shouldn't we be ma- shit based off of that pay rate? <laughs> you and I should be making what? What? Close to $500 million a yeah, year. I was going to say we clocking six, nine figures. What are we doing here? I mean, easy. It's all about pay-per-view buys, son subscriptions. <laughs> <clears throat> no, I just find it its just remarkable. How is it possible that more people listen to one episode of this show than Erzlandi Lara gets attending his fights? But guess what? He's a god. Oh, oh look, I feel like I put Erzlandi Lara in the same category that I put Rigondeau in. They're just these guys that like this certain little geeky group of, of guys that'll go, well, the sweet science of everything is this. You guys don't appreciate it. And that, dude, I don't care. Fine. Good. Uh, he, Look at his he, technique as he runs. He, he avoids punches very fucking gracefully. Well, he runs whoop, like Usain Bolt. That's world class, man. Whoop the fucking do. Does this guy is this guy going to entertain anybody in a fight? Probably not. Uh, no, nah, I don't think so. No, and, and that's that's what these two guys are. I just there's nothing about Erzlandi Lara when a fight is announced that I go, ooh, can't <laughs> wait, can't wait. Cue Bart Scott. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jamal Charlo. And the co-feature squares off against Austin Trout, defends his IBF junior middleweight title. Jamal Charlo has fought nobody. He fought a canine Bundridge that was five oh. years past a mediocre prime. You remember old canine? Oh, old- yeah, canine. <laughs> yeah, he was money. On the contender. Yeah, he was money. <laughs> Austin Trout, a former world champion at this weight class, beat Miguel Cotto to win the straps. Um, Austin Trout, Jamal Charlo. This has the feeling of a mirage. Like they know something about Trout or they know something about Charlo, that there is a fatal flaw in one of them and they don't really care who comes out victorious because I don't know. But then part of me feels like, well, maybe they know that Trout can't, he's too, he, that, that Charlo is too big, he's too strong, that he's too young, and that maybe this makes Charlo look good and catapults him. What is it? Uh, I, dude, I think it's. Simple as this in this fight. Trout's kind of a faded fighter. He, he has is. not looked very good. He hasn't looked good since back-to-back losses against Alvarez and Lara. He just... Didn't Darren Barker knock him down twice? Was it Darren Barker? No, no, it wasn't Darren Barker. I don't know who knocked him down. Some Oh, uh, Grajeda knocked him down. No, but there was, a, there was a whitey that knocked him down, I think, too. I want to say. Or no, I'm sorry. He, he Bob dro- Barker? Bob Barker. <laughs> he dropped Grajeda. Is Bob Barker still alive? Uh, yeah, I think so. He's still slaying those uh, rings or uh, stage girls. <laughs> <laughs> he must be on the same vit- vitamin regimen as, as Hugh Hefner. He's got he's got a Viagra IV. That, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. the case. <laughs> Running straight through the tip. <laughs> oh man, I told you this show would be crazy, folks. 
Oh, just one of these topics, man. It's just, it's never ending. You know, you bounce from one to the next. These guys, you know, their stories, every single part of it is just. Uh, We're falling in line with the sport of boxing right now. It's been a complete fucking joke here recently. <laughs> I wouldn't call our show a joke. <laughs> no, the sport. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I guess we are a joke because we cover a sport that is a joke. <laughs> I know, man. It just always, it's it's cyclical. As soon as you think it's getting better, for every three shit years, we get a half a good one. <laughs> oh, man, it's just ridiculous. It's like Take all it. the teams we root for, Kenny. Yeah, home team sports in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. If you are from the D.C. area and listen to this, oh, well, if you're a Nationals fan, I really don't I really don't feel bad for you. But, you know, all the other ones. Right. Yep. All the other ones. No, Trout was dropped by Daniel Dawson twice. That's right. Yeah. Daniel Dawson. I knew it was a whitey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that don't look good. (laughs) Oh, man, but the new thing is to, to accuse all the white guys of doing steroids because if you're white, you're from Russia. Jermall <laughs> uh, Charlo, Austin Trout, what is the result of this fight? I think Charlo breaks him down and, and beats him down in this fight. Charlo's a Jamal Charlo is a big puncher. Yeah, he's tall. He, he's the better of the Charlos by far. Jermall, so, he tries to be too slick. Yeah, I, he is absolutely boring to watch. Jamal, at least there's the threat of him landing a big punch. I'm going to say Charlo breaks a worn-out trout down late in this fight. Yeah, I'd say somewhere around the 10th round, Charlo stops him, too. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Trout takes of, him to deep waters, though. No, no, I wouldn't be surprised either. either. But what, which one of these guys is going to fight J-Rock? <laughs> None of them. Because, I mean, we see it. It'll be Jamal. It'll be I, after the Austin Trout fight because he's the mandatory. He's fighting an eliminator in his next fight against some scrub. We'll see about that. Stay busy. Uh, hashtag eliminator. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, the other Charlo, the uh, the boxer of the two, Jermel, squares off against John Jackson, a guy that Vince and I saw fight live two years ago, put a four-round beat down on Andy Lee. Oh. Beat him from freaking post to post. He put Andy uh, Andy Lee's career on the brink. Oh, dude, we sat there in Madison Square Garden, and you said to me, you were like, Ken, Andy Lee's career is about to go away. Yeah. And sure enough, Andy Lee comes out of nowhere with a miracle. A miracle shot knocks John Jackson out flat. That was the last time I thought he was in a meaningful fight, but apparently he's fighting Jermel Charlo for the vacant WBC junior middleweight title. How how convenient that Mayweather's belt that he decided to hold on to a year after yeah. he was supposed to relinquish it falls into the lap of another Charlo. Hmm. Another loyal patron of the PBC. Anything that Al says, we do. Hey, I mean, if you're a lion, you get a belt, right? Lion share, son. <laughs> Look, young, I, young lions. Th- this fight is, uh, I don't know. Uh, John Jackson has a decent shot in this fight, I feel like. Yeah. Has he, has he been inactive since the Andy Lee knockout? Yes. He dominated Andy Lee in those first four rounds. He did. He and did. he got way too aggressive and walked into a pinpoint Short right hand from Andy Lee. You got to feel like just the bloodlines alone give John Jackson a puncher's chance. Absolutely. I, and I'm just not that big on Jermel Charlo. No, neither am I. I, I think he's boring as hell. Now, this is the first time we've we've seen him in a fight with a guy that is equal in athleticism and age to him. There's no mismatch athletically. So that could be a difference in this fight because Charlo doesn't offer up that much to me other than a one-two and textbook boxing well, at a high level but not special no andre durell special <laughs> right i don't want to i don't want to do that to him <laughs> 
Well, but dude, he seems cut from no, that you're same right. cloth. No, you're exactly the, the right. The same one-two very delivery. Good, very good comparison. Yeah. My prediction on the heels of the potential of John Jackson upsetting Jermel Charlo is a hideous and lopsided 12-round decision. Jermel Charlo joins his fellow champion lion. Oh, yeah. Jermel and Jermel and Jermel. Jermel and Jermel <laughs> become the IBF and WBC 154 lions. Two lions <laughs> in the same den with two belts? Doesn't work. Nah, I don't. In, in the wild, that doesn't work. That does sounds it? like a Game of Thrones episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so that, dude, no more Showtime Championship boxing. That was way uh, too long we spent on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Unimas, Ramundo Beltran, Ivan Nahara. A crossroads fight. Beltran coming off of a positive steroid test himself. <laughs> I, Ivan Nahara showing well for a little while against top prospect Felix Verdejo, then gets just completely demolished by Saul Rodriguez. If, if showing well against Verdejo was taking a punch nicely, that's that's what he did. I, I'm I'm not sure if Verdejo didn't end that kid's career way too early because he's a Nahara's a tough fighter, man. He's a, he's a a decent fighter. Yeah. Verdejo beat him up. Beltran, beat him up. <clears throat> Beltran Nahara should be, considering what's at stake, um, could be entertaining. Oh, I think it's definitely going to be entertaining. David Hay and Shannon Briggs are <laughs> not fighting each other. Uh, look, look, man, these two guys to me, I'm sorry, Ken. I, uh, I, I'm sorry. The, before, floor, before the floor is yours. The floor is yours. Before you even get going, I don't get it. I, I this is like a circus fucking sideshow, man. I mean, David Hay, I, <laughs> a, a, a decent cruiserweight, a guy that had heavyweight, really didn't beat anybody, but he, he beat a fucking giant in value of that was the most uncoordinated. It's like, oh, a, a cruiserweight that came up beat a retard that was six foot eight. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's like Andre the Giant. And he, I, I just don't get it. I don't get the hype behind Hay. It's one of these things where, you know, I, we respect the hell out of our U.K. fans, and, and I love the U.K. boxing scene, but when it comes to David Hay and the obsession with him, I'm sorry, man. I am not fucking on board with that shit, dude. <laughs> dude, he is. An, he's okay. He's the average superstar. He, what did he, oh, didn't he have 18 million viewers on YouTube for his last fight? He's Whoa. a superstar, Ken. That just blows my mind even I, thinking about it. I, look, man, I just don't get it. I'm mind sorry. blown. <laughs> I don't get it either. And man. then you throw the, the Briggs, which the obsession with Briggs and the let's go ch- hashtag let's go championship. I give him credit for building it up and, and extending his career. This guy has nothing to offer. Come on. He's a fucking sideshow, man. But then they're not even fighting each other. No. <laughs> And that's he, the fucking terrible part. He is the sideshow. Do you remember watching Shannon Briggs fights, Mike? Yes, I do. Oh, I my do. God. He's still around. Yeah, that's when you guys At 46. I was, like, I was about to ask, is that the same dude? Or did yeah. he have a son when he was about 16? Oh, he, he's fighting. Uh, Shan, <laughs> it, 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 this, the whole topic of this show has been steroid-based. Let's be honest. Shannon Briggs at 46, to be looking the way he looks, Gotta be fucking shitting me. That guy ain't taking something. Come on. No, dude. Come on, man. He's on this. He was. He's on that TRT that the no, UFC guys no, can't take anymore. No, he's all. He's El Natural, just like Arnold Schwarzenegger was. 
And just yeah, like I got your all natural yeah, right here. And, ju- <laughs> and just like Stallone was in Rocky Three. Ho ho I ho mean, ho whoa whoa. That was just Hey Ken had a hero, uh Mark McGuire. That, that, yeah. that killed you. That did. Yeah, man. M- McGuire, come on, man. That was natural. He was <laughs> naturally six five, two seventy five with forearms the size of my waist. We're in my house. You do not you do not say that Sylvester Stallone took any performance enhancing drugs. You will get tossed through that window right behind you, sir. Oh man, you know, I, I said it was natural. I made no yeah. such accusation. No. no. <laughs> There was no sarcasm there, no, nothing. No, none whatsoever. No. Dude, in Rocky 1 and Rocky 2, he looked like some guy that just ate a ton of chicken. And then in Rocky 3, he comes in and he's like built like a ballerina. It was like he had freaking ribs removed from his rib cage to make his waist look Dude, thinner. Hey, I think there was a Rambo in between where he didn't eat for like two months, all right? Give him a break. All he ate was Winstrol. <laughs> oh, Flintstones Winstrols. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think David Hay is... Uh, uh, don't you agree that he's kind of a... Look, he, it's a bit of a side show. It really is, man. Somehow, someway, he has convinced the British casual that he is a superstar. <sighs> and he is riding that all the way to the bank in the an same irrelevant guys. career. It has He hasn't been in a big fight since he fought Klitschko. Years ago. And he got swept. In an ugly. Oh. Did he throw it? Yeah. He just did not want to get hit. No. No. Okay. Can we just keep going? <laughs> oh, man. The only post fights, Dusty Hernandez Harrison, a former guest of the show, squared off against Mike Dallas, DC Armory on BET. Haven't seen Dusty in a big fight on TV since the debut of Throne Boxing last year on Fox Sports 1 against Tommy Renone, uh, kind of a boring fight, kind of an awkward fight. Renone mucked it up. Yeah. Got a chance to talk to Renone. Uh, he sat right in front of me at the uh, Provodnikov Matisse fight and uh, kind of just was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like getting paid. That was me. <laughs> but um, yeah, Dusty stepped into this fight coming off of, you know, a lot of hype at the fact that he was one of. Canelo Alvarez's sparring partners in the lead up to the Amir Khan fight. I'll tell you what, man, we, we, we have not really criticized Dusty at all, but the way that he performed in this fight, man, he came out and had this sort of swag and personality to him that didn't fit the kid that we met uh, two years ago. No, um, didn't, no, didn't fit that humble nature that we had experienced and went into this fight and got beat up by Mike Dallas jr. He, yeah, he absolutely right. He got beat up and, all that being said, we like you just said, love the kid, love what he's about. Turn pro was the youngest pro when he turned pro. He was seventeen years old. Yeah, the kid's got. Oh, I can't remember. He's getting close to thirty fights right now, and he's yeah. twenty-one years old. Yeah, I mean, he is. You you gotta love what he is, but I'm sorry, man. In this fight, he got beat. He was straight up. He was the bigger, longer, and I've seemingly never, stronger fighter. I've never seen him fight the way he fought. Yeah, what was that? I don't know. He had his hands up. He wasn't throwing punches, no jabs, none of the awkward movement, none of what we've come to see in the few times we have seen Dusty fight. It it was just disappointing, man. He kind of, he almost had that feeling like he stepped in the ring and had that bit of entitlement that was like, I'm in the ring. I'm supposed to win this fight. I already won it. I showed up. I'm here. Yeah. And, And... he fought like a fighter had been hanging around with a bunch of superstars. Kenny should have had points taken from him. 
I, oh, that late hit was egregious. Uh, he said, uh, yeah. I, after, after two breaks, he throws a punch, a rabbit punch, and a clean, hard shot. He knew he was down, and he was t- trying to get any advantage to just slightly hurt Dallas yeah. Jr. Dude, I made a comment to you when we were watching it. Dusty's face after the fourth round was beaten to a pulp. It was. After the fourth round. And, and you know what? If it wasn't He lost the, seven rounds. He did. Even though I feel, do, do you feel that Dusty won the last three rounds of the fight? Yeah, he he won nine and ten, definitely, probably won eight, and may have won around four or five. I can't remember at, at this point in time, but he got beat. <laughs> he he just got beat. His knockdown was even weak. The one sixteen one twelve card to Mike Dallas was that ac- accurate? No, no, it was uh, what well, was it? One sixteen one twelve, wasn't it? No, it was ninety six ninety two. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, it was a ten rounder. Yeah, ninety six ninety two Dallas. Yeah. That was that was what that fight was. You couldn't score it any other way. I'm sorry. ESPN had it one fourteen to. Why do I keep saying that? Because <laughs> you're just conditioned. Son. I'm conditioned to twelve round fights. I'm conditioned <laughs> to twelve round fights. No, uh, uh, ESPN scored it a draw. Did they really? Yeah, ESPN scored it a draw. Well, that kid should lose his job. Whoever did that. <laughs> but what's next for Dusty, though, man? I mean, he's got. He all... showed some heart. He fought hard at the end of the fight. I'll uh, give him that. But he put himself in a situation where where he he shouldn't have had to do that, man. No, and he didn't. We've seen how we've seen how he fights and wins. He just didn't perform for some reason. He, I don't know if it was the sparring with Canelo that kind of just. Do you think leaving his dad had any impact? Uh, look, I I wouldn't would not be the least bit surprised to see his dad in the corner this next time around. Yeah, yeah, he's been there for every single fight. <laughs> you hate to see that happen, and sometimes family and boxing. We've seen it a hundred times in the sport. Doesn't mix. No, but Buddy Harrison's a good guy, man. Yeah. I know he's, I, dude. I know he's had his demons. I know he's had his demons. Oh yeah. Yeah. He spoke to you and I about you know some stories from the past, some some uh, stuff that he. Oh, he was pretty to. candid. He was, and you know what, Buddy, for all of his faults, uh, is is uh, seemingly a uh, uh, a really good guy that cares about his son. Absolutely. And and uh, you know, I hope to see Dusty and Buddy get back together. We'll have to see what's next for him. I tell you what, man. The Rock Nation poured a ton of money into promotional material for this fight. Uh, I, dude, I think they're going to have to rematch this kid, man. They really are. They're going to have to rematch Dallas Jr. And uh, dude, this was a tra- this this decision was a fucking travesty, man. I'm sorry. I wanted Dusty to win this fight. I want him to win, but I cannot turn a blind eye to what I saw. Yeah. He lost. Hey. He lost. You know what, Vince? I don't think you're the only person that feels that way. So. Uh, uh, you're probably right. <laughs> Saul Rodriguez, another fighter that we have talked about a lot. Saul Rodriguez is a guy that had a draw early in his career, <clears throat> been promoted a little bit better by top rank, was kind of one of these young guys that fell victim to the PBC influx, um, has been in some exciting fights here in the last year, takes on Dallas Prescott, Unima, Studio City, California. Saul Rodriguez delivering an aggressive, effective just he was balls to the wall in a fight that many hailed as a fan-making fight. If they were tuned in for this one and saw Saul Rodriguez lay it all on the line, digging deep and throwing some monster shots. Those those uppercuts. Jesus, man. Oh, wee. Hey, they were they were sloppy and aggressive, but my boy was trying to finish the job, and I understand what he was doing. He had a hurt fighter. 
Uh, his favorite fighter in Street Fighter was definitely Raul. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or Ken, one of the two. It was. It reminded me of them Eubank uppercuts that we've we've come to hate on a bit. Ah, <laughs> Just unloading uppercuts. It's like, dude, you are leaving yourself exposed. But if you land it, and he landed them, yeah. Good night, son. Well, this is why Dallas Prescott was dialed up for the fight. Oh yeah. Uh, Saul Rodriguez, the guy that may or may not be entering into the uh, top 10 prospect list. Yeah, I think so. He's, he, But he may get a bigger fight coming up. He may get a bigger fight. And if he does, if, if he breaches that gatekeeper uh, category, then maybe he doesn't. But either way, watch Saul Rodriguez if you have not yet. Give watch me- his highlight tapes because my boy has Manos de Piedra. <laughs> <laughs> give, me, give me Verdejo Rodriguez, please. I mean, they won't risk it, but I'd probably take Rodriguez in, in a perfect fight. in a perfect world. Ah, yeah, be a tough one, tough call. I just look. We just haven't seen Verdejo get chin checked yet. No, he's never fought a guy that can punch like Rodriguez. No, but Nahara's a smaller guy too. Verdejo's a big, big hundred. Yeah, it'd be a, it'd be a physically even fight. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so keep your eyes out for Saul Rodriguez news and notes, and we'll close the show. Canelo. Versus Khan, the pay-per-view number conversation to bring boxing back to the masses. 600,000 buys seems to be a consensus. The haters said 390,000. Yeah. Um, Canelo versus Khan pay-per-view numbers. What do you make of this obsession with pay-per-view buy numbers? By, I, 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 they have to be casual fans. Uh, I mean, it, 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 it was created on the backs of whether Pacquiao or Mayweather was selling more fights. Who was the who was the star? Could Pacquiao outsell Mayweather? It, it it's so ridiculous, man. I I honestly don't care how many people watch the fight. It's retarded. It's retarded. <laughs> Are you retarded? <laughs> I mean, seriously, it, it's irrelevant to whether the fight was good, whether the matchup was good. Were you entertained? I don't give a shit. I watched it. I got what I wanted, whether it was what I knew it was going to happen or not. I enjoyed the shit out of watching it for six rounds. So, Vin, are you, so you're not any less satisfied with the oh, knockout you, of the year because it only did 600,000 buys? No, God damn it! I wanted a Mayweather, Maidana 3, 117, 111, 116, 112, 115, 113 card where everybody can say, ooh, Maidana landed eight punches yeah, and but, almost beat Floyd. But, Vin, <laughs> did you see Floyd do the Texas two-step? <laughs> Have you? I haven't, no. Oh. Well, Shane, maybe. Mayweather Maidana 3, <laughs> a.k.a. the Texas two-step. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I don't get this at all. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Mike, you consider yourself a casual boxing yeah, fan. You've been watching huge fights for as, as long as you can remember. Yeah. Canelo versus Khan. Were you not entertained? Oh, it was awesome. It was badass. Yeah. I mean, you could hear from the when we were on the uh, broadcast that we were going insane oh man what and especially as casual fan dude i don't need the only reason i know how many people bought it is from listening to youtube so no one cares no yeah. only retards that are trying to measure their d's they're floyd fans oh, just I, say it i care about this guy and he got this many buys my d's better uh, get the fuck out of yeah. here man what are you fucking doing <laughs> yeah. this is retarded it's retarded it's retarded <laughs> uh, yeah dude it is uh i'm bamboozled yeah and That's all that matters these days, Ken. PPV buys, brother. (sighs) PPV, (laughs) PED. Oh, TMT, hashtag 50. Awesome. Can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. 
Are you ready for Garcia Mayweather? But it'll do one billion buys, dog. Haven't you known? <laughs> Didn't D- you hear? DSGVTMT. Oh. <laughs> that ain't shit. <laughs> I make more money doing nothing. Doing sounds what? Sounds like a report I run at work, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So there's your fan reaction to the Canelo Khan pay-per-view controversy. Hey, what, hey whoa, 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 whoa. We, we cannot exit the show without... The Mayweather McGregor discussion. <laughs> all right, Mike, what are you hearing on the streets? <laughs> <laughs> so, on all the garbage websites that I go on, they're pretty much selling that this probably is going to happen. Deadspin? <laughs> Deadspin, TMZ. Yeah. The, the Onion? TMZ, no, the, the onion. onion. No, I'm not. Deadspin and uh, shit, even I, th- I think I saw someone talking Yahoo. What a fucking joke this is, man. Honestly, the, the fact that, that guys are writing articles about it. it what are we doing here? This is it's absolutely not a possibility. Did you hear about the did you see that tweet on on uh on Twitter when he said the the guy goes, "Yeah, Mayweather versus uh McGregor. They're going to wear headgear and sell commercial spots for a million dollars a piece." Give me a break. That's how exciting this will be. Yeah. I'd rather watch The Ringer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I'd rather watch Clint Paulson <laughs> sing in the mall. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> or a Biff Lacrone flex. A Biff Lacrone 220-foot home run. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, a little inside, uh, as they say in Mexico, chistes. Yeah, that's some good chistes. shit. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, <laughs> Let's try to swim our way well, out of this I can't this even one. think, man. No, Good luck. Kel Brook versus Jesse Vargas. <laughs> yeah, this will pull you up. Brook versus Vargas, IBF, WBA, welterweight unification. Is it really close to being done? Uh, I doubt it. Is Eddie Hearn involved? It's, Kel Brook needs this fight, right? I hear. I hear. But the does di- this really? I mean, no, I mean, the, the, the di- people in the UK are going to be like, "Who the fuck is Jesse Vargas?" That's what the diehards in the UK are saying. They're they're all saying this doesn't mean anything because the casuals have no idea who he is. He's not no Donut Dan, I'll tell you that. And in the UK, it's the casuals that love Brook more than. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, we sweat him in the in the in the U.S. just because we admire his skill. Yes, I think Jesse Vargas is a live dog in this fight. I oh think, yeah, I think Kel Brook is the bigger, stronger fighter. I think he breaks Vargas down. I think it actually goes very. It may be a more action-packed version of Bradley versus Vargas, where Bradley just dissected Vargas. But there is that opportunity. Vargas will put his head down mm. and lean in with that overhand right. I think Vargas has shown in the in these last two fights that he's a different fighter. Impressive. I, I'm I'm not ready to just heap praise on him and say he's one of the best welterweights in the world. But this guy is going to be tough to beat. He's got a mentality that is it's a bulldog mentality in the ring. Yeah, now. but when is Kelbrook fought? Dude, you got to have to say Jesse Vargas coming off of that Saddam Ali uh, decisive victory, the way he closed against Timothy Bradley. You can't. Put this guy outside of the top six or seven welterweights. Absolutely you? not. No. And Kel Brook has not. Kevin Bizier, Jojo Dan, blah, blah, blah. They do yeah. not fit this Abs- profile. Come on. Come on. Vargas would have done, done the same exact thing that Brook did in those fights. I think this is a great fight. All right. Fingers crossed. No PEDs. Sign it. Well, no. Who cares what gloves Vargas wears? No PEDs. Wears. No, no Eddie hijinks. I don't know, man. When these Mar- guys, these guys can skate like Tony Hawk around a fight, man. <laughs> I tell you what, dude. Jesse Vargas got swole when he started training with Roy Jones. I mean, yeah, we might as well cap this thing off with a <laughs> bookend it with another PED <laughs> allegation. Taking the shots, 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 <laughs> shots, 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 shots. 
Oh, man. All right. Well, I guess that'll do it for episode 116 of the Pound for Pound King of Boxing podcast. We appreciate all of you tuning in once again. Oh, what a week of the weird it has been. But it's episode 116, and we appreciate you all taking time out of your busy days. We will be back. A little bit of post-fight, a lot more boxing banter across the Twitterverse, and much more. Hit us up, podcast at theboxingrant.com. But we thank you once more for tuning in to the Pound for Pound King of Boxing podcast, The Tale of the Tape. I'm Kenny Keith. Joined today on episode 116 by my co-host Vince Cummings. Follow him at Vince Cummings 81. And old Slippin' Jimmy. Shout out that Twitter handle one more time. At Slippin' Jimmy TBR and go with the pens, dubs, money line parlay. Hit it up. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it there. Slippin' Jimmy. Slippin' in a line. Lock of the week. Subscribe to the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast on iTunes today. Google Play, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and of course, the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. So for Vince and Mike, I'm Kenny Keith. You've been listening to the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast here on theboxingrant.com. Muchas gracias, everybody.